Deer Trucking Awesome. What do you think of when someone says tough? Honestly, I think of a Toyota truck. Tundra's one mean mother of a truck with a twin turbo V6, an incredible going power, and the Tacoma claws through terrain with a taller suspension and lots of creature comforts in the cockpit. Both Toyota trucks are decked out with tons of cool features and tech you'll dig. Check them out at toyota.com, folks. Visit your front range Toyota stores today. Toyota, let's go places. Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next? Last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. What is up, Buff Nation? Welcome in to the DNVR Buffs podcast. We are, of course, presented by American Raptors. Head on over to AmericanRaptors.com. Grab your free ticket for one of their rugby matches or stream all of their games at that website. Again, that is AmericanRaptors.com. My name is Jake Schwanitz. Today on the DMVR Buffs podcast, we are going to be doing some catch-up. I know we're a little bit behind. It is about 9.40 on Tuesday morning. We'll get to Sunday's basketball game against Boise State. We'll get to Saturday's football game against Washington. We will recap the weekend in football in the Pac-12. As we all start to wind down, it's a bittersweet ending to this football season. But it is here. And with that, we will talk about all of the most important things accordingly. We'll get some playoff talk in towards the end. USC clinching a spot in the Pac-12 championship, which will be the weekend after this. But we start off with some buffs, basketball. Sunday night, a rough one, man. Another rough one for the buffs. They play against Boise State in the Myrtle Beach Invitational. The Broncos beat the Buffs 68-55. to The Buffs struggled to shoot the ball again. Only 35.8% field goal percentage from the field. Only 4 of 20 from behind the arc. And I would say even more concerning, only 13 of 23 from the free throw line. That's where the Buffs were going to keep themselves in this game, and they couldn't do that. Boise State had an interesting run through this Myrtle Beach Invitational on Thursday. Just a couple hours after the Buffs lost to UMass, Boise State only scores 42. They lose to Charlotte, 54-42. They then play Loyola, Chicago, Loyal Chicago only puts up 48 points. The Boise State Broncos put up 70. And that leads us to this game against Colorado. The two, I actually wrote an article on this, free on the site again, by the way. Go ahead and check that out at ddmvr.com. Three takeaways from the Myrtle Beach Invitational. The biggest takeaway for me, though, was the injuries and obviously the inconsistencies of this team. KJ was... The best player on the court again for the Buffs, he only had 14 points. He went 6 of 13 from the field. Not bad, but 0 of 3 from 3. 
he had five rebounds, four assists. He had four turnovers, also no steals in this one. KJ also rolled an ankle in that second half. Came up an obvious pain. He said after the game he had a player land on him. He's going to be fine. Thankfully, he gets a week off this week, too. The Buffs don't play until Sunday against Yale. Hopefully, it gives that ankle time to rest up. Tristan De Silva left the game hurt, too. He did not play in the second half. He wasn't even on the bench. After the game, Tab Boyle saying Tristan De Silva took a blow to the head. He suffers with migraines, so that is why he was not on the bench. He should be okay. No Javon Hadley again for the Buffs, and you could feel his impact being missed, especially on the glass. The Buffs were out-rebounded by 140-39. They did out-rebound Boise State in terms of defensive rebounds, but in offensive rebounds, that's where Boise State took the lead. Colorado, just another rough game, man. This inconsistency is maddening. Tad was very, very heated, even going as far to say as these players disrespected the Colorado uniform in the Myrtle Beach Invitational. Not just against Boise State, but also in the opening game against UMass. Again, that's on the article. Go check that out. Ethan Wright didn't get a shot off from three. The only players that hit a three, Javon Ruffin hit two, Hammond went one of two, and Jalen Gabadon went one of three. Gabadon's been starting in place of Hadley. I like Jalen Gabadon. I think he's a great player. He's a smart player. He just hasn't been able to have the same impact as Hadley. As a starter, only one rebound, four points for Jalen Gabadon. He got into foul trouble with three. Lawson Lovering was in foul trouble early. It was a rough game, man. Lawson only one point, 0 for 0 from the field. Only attempted one or only made one of two free throws. He had six rebounds, though. No assists in the game against Boise State. And then he had three turnovers and a block and a steal. He's been very up and down. This whole team has been up and down. I think I could speak for all of us when I say... We're glad this tournament or this invitational is behind us now. It was just maddening stuff from the Buffs. They couldn't guard Noah Fernandes or RJ Luis against the UMass Minutemen. They completely blow up against another ranked SEC team, and then they let down again against the Boise State Broncos. I'm going to be honest. I'm not really sure what to make of this team at this point. Obviously, they're really talented. When they can put it all together... They could potentially be anyone in the country, but man, they have these stinkers just way too often at this point. We'll see how they bounce bounce back against Yale. Of course, it'll be Jalen Gabadon playing against his old team, so that's an interesting angle at least there. The Buffs are finally back home too, so as we wrap up this football season, I'll be able to go to more basketball practices, get some more intel from the team for you guys. Hopefully, we get to talk to Tad at least once this week. With that, we are going to talk, or I'm going to talk, about our friends over at Game Time. It's the hottest new ticketing site that makes it easier than ever to score the best deals on tickets to sports, concerts, and shows. Courtside seats, 50-yard line, floor seats at a concert. It's all possible with the Game Time app. The biggest last-minute price drops can be found on the seats you thought you could never buy. 
and you won't find a better deal on Buffs basketball tickets this season. Just click on that game time link in the description of this podcast or in the article description. It'll take you straight to Buffs basketball tickets. If you love DMBR, then you'll love game time. The best way to support us is by buying t- your tickets through the link in the description. Join over 15 million people who have downloaded the game time app and score the best seats to all your favorite events. Also, big shout out to our friends at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. New customers can bet just $5 pregame money line on any NBA team to win their game. And you get $150 in free bets if they do. You can check out their stepped up same game parlays. We got World Cup action going on. Make sure you tune into our watch alongs and World Cup shows. Dre and Mitch giving out great bets there. Those guys know their soccer. Also, if you want to bet on rivalry weekend in college football, all of that great stuff is going on at DraftKings Sportsbook. In fact, for our pick of the week, we are going to take my Michigan Wolverines plus seven and a half on the road in the horseshoe against the Ohio State Buckeyes. Michigan built to run the ball. Hopefully, Corum and Edwards are back and healthy. They're going to need J.J. McCarthy to step up and make a play. They put 42 on the Buckeyes last year with their running game. We'll see if they are able to do something similar again this week. That is going to be our pick of the week. Download the app now. Sign up with code DMBR. Place a $5 pregame money line bet on any NBA team to win their game and get $150 in free bets if they do. That's code DMBR only at DraftKings Sportsbook. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. See show notes for details. All right, let's get into it then. Uh, the fine or the second to last football game of the season. The Buffs making the trip to Seattle to take on the Washington Huskies. And man, it went about how we all expected it to go. It was a rough game start to finish. Um, We're not going to get into the whole game just because you guys know how it went. The Huskies actually having a lot of success running the ball against the Buffs. I mean, it's not a surprise to hear, but as we talked about in our preview, this is a team that leads the nation in passing. They have the leading passer in Michael Penix Jr. They do pass for 295 yards, but they also run for 280 yards. Uh, Dylan Morris, the backup quarterback, gets in the game late for the Huskies. He throws a touchdown and interception of his own on four of seven passing for 66 yards. Michael Penix Jr. went 19 to 31, 229 yards, only one touchdown pass. Wayne Tualapapa, 11 attempts, 107 yards, rushing two touchdowns. 12 attempts, 59 yards, rushing and two touchdowns for Cameron Davis also. Jalen McMillan, eight receptions, 98 yards, and a touchdown. For the Buffs, the bright spot, well, Alex Fontenot did play well again. 11 attempts, 71 yards rushing. Montana Lamonius Craig had a big 69-yard touchdown pass from JT Shrout. Really seems that's the only way Shrout was able to move the ball sometimes, just these massive chunk plays. 
He went 6 of 18 for 120 yards, one touchdown, one interception. We saw Drew Carter, and I think we all learned very quickly why we haven't seen Drew Carter. It was just not good. Easily the worst quarterback play we've seen from the Buffs this year. And a telling sign that this team is definitely going to have to hit the transfer portal. Or just hope that Owen McCown is able to grow into his body a bit more and take that starting job going into next year. The Buffs only scoring their touchdown in the third quarter. It was over pretty early. I believe Washington was up 21 to nothing or something early. The Buffs fought. You can give them that. They came out and tried their best, man. Coach Sanford had him fired up. There was a great pregame mic'd up segment on Coach. But it just wasn't enough for the Buffs. They play next week against Utah. And we will finally put this season behind us. If you're listening to this on Tuesday, which I'm sure most of you are, we are actually doing our live show today also with RK in studio. We are going to talk about Deion Sanders. We'll talk about what we want to see from the Buffs as they finish out the season. We'll probably get into some more coaching talk stuff. But we will start to put a bow on this football season. And we can all put it behind us and hopefully move on with an exciting new coach and a much improved roster into the future. That being said, I honestly really don't have much more from this game. The Utes and the Buffs will kick off at 2 p.m. at Folsom Field on Saturday in the season finale. Plenty of other games going on, of course, on Rivalry Weekend. And we will get to a few of those. Before, I've got to tell you about our friends over at Breckenridge Brewery, and it's the official beer of DMVR. Beers are on tap, and regular seltzers are being sold in the bar you guys know we love our Breck Brews at DMBR. And remembers that supporting our partner partners is supporting us. They have so many great beers. I've still been crushing some sours. Had a juice drop IPA the other day too. That hit the spot. The Vanilla Porter Jr. is in season for sure. You can check out their beer locator at breckbrew.com to find any of those delicious beers near you. Or just head over to the DMBR bar. We have great watch parties going on this entire week. Also, I want to mention the fact that we have changed our model for members. You are now diehards. This includes some great content for you all. You get a free shirt at sign up and every year after. You always get 20% off merch. You get 20% off all events. The content is free now. The written content, most of it is. We are going to have some exclusive diehard member-only content coming soon on top of that you can join our diehards only discord great information being passed around in there shout out to those guys that are listening be a member drop in that discord you're going to want to be in that chat i'm dropping nuggets in there other guys are dropping nuggets in there regarded to the coaching search uh regarded to this basketball team if you want all the latest information on your buffs, that Discord is the place to be. With that being said, let's get into our Pac-12 recap. We're going to do this one a bit quicker today. I've got to head out to practice here in about 20 minutes. 
Thankfully, practice was a little pushed back today. My schedule's been pushed back really since basketball started. It's been a grind. We have one more week to make it through. It's Thanksgiving. Hopefully, you guys all enjoy the holiday. I'm going to be doing the same. Let's get into this recap, though. We start off with the biggest game in the Pac-12 last weekend, USC playing against UCLA. It was a firecracker of a game, man. UCLA opens up with a 14-0 lead. USC turns it over on downs, misses a field goal, and throws an interception in the first quarter. UCLA, again, I don't know how many times I've said this about them, but they were methodical and explosive. They had a 14-play, 80-yard touchdown drive to open the game. They also had a one-play, 30-yard touchdown pass from DTR to bring them to that 14-0 gap. USC responded, however, to make it 14-10, and back and forth we go. We're going to go all the way to midway through the fourth, third quarter. I'd be going all day if I had to talk about this whole game, but Caleb Williams throws a beautiful 35-yard touchdown pass to Jordan Addison to make it 27-24, and USC has their first lead of the game. Off of a turnover, USC scores another touchdown. They go up 34-24. UCLA scores a touchdown to make it 34-27 shortly after. And into the fourth quarter, where things ultimately unfold, the first play is a Caleb Williams 16-yard touchdown pass to Kyle Ford. UCLA strikes back immediately with a 55-yard catch and run from Casimir Allen. This guy is an absolute animal. All I see him do is make plays for the Bruins. His speed and ability to run in the open field is just special. Number 19, the wide receiver for them. He's taking some carries to the house this year too. Guy's a ton of fun to watch. UCLA just has a ton of weapons. USC scores to make it 48-38 midway through the fourth. And UCLA immediately responds to make it 48-45. UCLA forces a USC punt and DTR gets one drive to win the game at the end, but he throws an interception to Corey Fullman. Three DTR interceptions and USC clinches a berth in the Pac-12 title game. Caleb Williams just outstanding again. He went 32 of 43, 470 yards, two touchdowns, and one interception. He has placed himself firmly in the Heisman race. He is my favorite for it. I know he's not the odds-on favorite for, for it right now, but man, he's just been so special this whole year. No Travis Dye, no problem. Austin Jones runs the ball 21 times for 120 yards and two touchdowns. Caleb added eight carries for 33 yards and a touchdown himself. Jordan Addison, finally a big game. We haven't seen this for him after he got hurt. 11 receptions, 178 yards and a touchdown. Kyle Ford had three receptions, 73 yards and a touchdown himself. DTR, I mentioned the three picks, but otherwise a pretty good game. He went 23 of 38 for 309 yards and four touchdowns. Of course, those interceptions tacked on. Zach Charbonnet, 19 carries, 95 yards, no scores, still averaged five yards per carry. He also added four receptions for 29 yards. DTR added 14 carries for 81 yards and two touchdowns, so six total touchdowns for DTR. Threw one to Casimir Allen, but Michael Aziki had three himself, four receptions for 44 yards and those three touchdowns. DTR also fumbled twice. He lost one, so five or four total turnovers for DTR. Despite the six total touchdowns, defensively, 
Tyrone Tulaney has the only sack for USC. The Bruins got two sacks on Caleb Williams. Layatu Latu had one and a half. Jacob Sykes had a half sack himself. Makai Blackman had an interception. Corey Foreman had an interception. Shane Lee had an interception. It was just a turnover party for USC and is ultimately why they ran, won the game. UCLA, a good football team, but just shot themselves in the foot too many times this season in those losses against UCLA in that loss against Oregon. And they lost in that upset to Arizona. Speaking of Oregon, we move on to the other big game in the Pac-12. Number 10, Utah traveling to number 12, Oregon. It's possible that one of these teams playing for the big, or the Pac-12 title game across from USC. Bo Nix was playing injured. Had some sort of ankle issue after the game. He said that there were points in the week where he didn't know if he would play. But he played well while hurt. Let's get into it. Oregon jumps out of the gate with a 10-play, 79-yard drive to go up early. Cam Rising was making some plays early on. The Utes drove down the field. They miss a 38-yard field goal on their opening drive. Their second drive ends in a 45-yard field goal. It's 7-3 at this point. As I mentioned, Nix was throwing well despite the injury. And on their next drive... Utah forces a Dante Thornton fumble. He's running with the ball in the middle of the field. It pops out. Very next offensive play, Utah has the ball. Cam Rising throws. It's tipped by a D lineman, and Oregon's Bennett Williams picks it off. Justin Flo had a great play. Great heads-up play to hit the Utah receiver after the ball was tipped. Of course, that is not pass interference once a ball is tipped in the air. It allows him to get that interception. Oregon drives down, and Nick's throws a four-yard touchdown. To Troy Franklin to put the Ducks up 14-3. Fast forward a little bit. Knicks hits a 58-yard bomb to Dante Thornton. And Oregon scores another field goal to go up 17-3 at halftime. Dante Thornton kind of atoning for the sin of that fumble with the big play. On Oregon's opening drive of the second half, the Ducks fumble on a trick play with Knicks on the sidelines. They bring the backup quarterback in. Utah scoops and scores, get themselves back into the game. After a cam rising interception, Utah finally mounts a drive for 13 plays, 86 yards to tie it up at 17 apiece. It was Jalen Dixon with an 18-yard touchdown run. Oregon responds on their next drive. Knicks was playing really well and throwing well, as I mentioned. The drive ends in a 41-yard field goal to go up 20-17. to Really impressive performance by Knicks. On his next offensive th- drive, he throws a crazy throw while rolling out to his right. Just right over the shoulder of Thornton on the run. But then he throws an interception on the very next play. It's a peak Bo Knicks experience. Cam Rising then throws another pick, and Utah is not able to capitalize on their last drive of the game that ends in a turnover on downs. The Ducks win 20-17. A bit of an upset. Oregon ranked 12. Utah ranked 10. Cam Rising, three interceptions, 21-38, 170 yards. Tavion Thomas, 19 carries, 55 yards. The Ducks defense just playing really well. Finally kind of living up to that potential that they've had all this time. Bo Nix, 25-37, 287 yards, one touchdown, one interception. Not much going on the ground for the Ducks. Bonix only had really one positive run, 
and it was the last run of the game. Get them the first down to ice the game away. Dante Thornton, a big game receiving. He had four receptions, 151 yards. He did have that fumble, however. He lost two fumbles, as a matter of fact. No sacks for Oregon, only one sack for Samote Pepa on Utah's defense. Clark Phillips had an interception. That guy continues to improve his draft case. Bennett Williams had two interceptions for the Ducks. Noah Sewell with another. In terms of the team stats, I mentioned that Oregon really shut down Utah, but Utah was moving the ball fairly well. 326 yards, a lot of that coming from Cam Rising, but he did have the three interceptions. As a team, the Utes ran for 156 yards on 36 attempts, but Tavion Thomas, as I mentioned, their leading rusher, only 19 carries, 55 yards. Let's move on throughout the pack. Another big rivalry game, this one between Stanford and Cal, the big game. And Stanford does it again. They score another opening drive touchdown. And after two Cal field goals and a Stanford field goal to make it 10-6, Cal drives deep into Stanford territory with 2.35 remaining in the second quarter, and Plummer throws an interception in the end zone. We go to halftime with the score at 10-6, Stanford leading. The Cardinal are able to mount another impressive 11-play, 71-yard drive for a touchdown to open the second half. They go up 17-6. Jack Plummer finally leads a touchdown drive for the Bears at the start of the fourth quarter. Cal goes for two. They do not convert. We're at 17-12 here. When chaos breaks out, another freshman quarterback, Ashton Daniels, enters the game. They put Tanner McKee on the sidelines. Daniels is asked to run on first and 10, and he fumbles. Cal returns it all the way for a touchdown. They take the lead at 20-17 after a successful two-point try this time around. Fast forward a little bit. Cal is driving. Plummer throws his second end zone interception. After two punts, Stanford has the ball. McKee throws an interception. Jaden Ott runs it in with less than a minute to go, and the Bears lead 27-17. Stanford scores a field goal as time expires. Kind of pointless, but it was a 61-yard make. Final score, 27-20. Tanner McKee, I mean, he plays well in spurts, but that interception was killer. He went 29-45, 271 yards, a touchdown. Jack Plummer, 23-43, 280 yards, one touchdown, two interceptions, both in the end zone. Jaden Ott finally has a nice game for the Bears. 18 carries, 97 yards, and a touchdown. Mitch Legber, 22 carries, 83 yards, one touchdown for the Cardinal. Jeremiah Hunter, a nice game receiving for the Bears. Five receptions, 103 yards. That's really all there is to take. Cal got to McKee twice. Miles Jernigan with a sack. And Xavier Carlton had a sack himself. The only man to chart a sack for the Cardinals is Ricky Mazin. That about does it for this one. What a weird game that was. This one, not as weird, pretty straightforward. Washington State, Arizona. Cam Ward and the Cougars were cooking early. Ward makes plays as a runner and passer. Arizona forces a fumble on a big Washington State catch and run, but are unable to do anything with the football. The score is 14-0 before Arizona Arizona finally scores a field goal. At halftime, Washington State scores another touchdown, and Arizona scores a field goal before the second quarter ends. The score is 21-6. 
Delora starts to fall apart in the second half, however. He throws four second-half interceptions, including a pick six. Arizona manages to score two fourth-quarter touchdowns, including a 47-yard bomb from Delora to Dorian Singer, but it's too little too late for the Wildcats. The Cougars win 31-20. Cam Ward, 25-36, 193 yards passing, one touchdown. Jaden Delora played well until that second half. 28-46 passing, 357 yards, one touchdown, but four interceptions. Dorian Singer with a nice game receiving for the Wildcats. He had nine receptions, 176 yards, and one touchdown. Tetrioa McMillan had three receptions, 75 yards himself. As a team, the Cougars rushed for 37 attempts, 161 yards, and two touchdowns. Their leading rusher, however, Cam Ward, eight carries, 59 yards, and a touchdown. Nikia Watson had 15 carries, 56 yards, and a touchdown himself. Two sacks for the Cougars, Lawrence Falletea and Quinn Ruff with a sack of their own. Arizona gets one sack from Isaiah Ward. Sam Lockett had two picks with the Cougars. Derek Langford had the pick six for 35 yards, and Armani Marsh had an interception himself. Score was not as close as the game actually was, and that is especially the case in our final game of this recap. The number 23 Oregon State Beavers traveling to Arizona State. Bourget was back starting for the Sun Devils, but it was all Beavers in this one. Ex Valade is a certified stud and was able to do some damage, including leading the Sun Devils to a 7-7 tie late in the second quarter. However, Oregon State just rolls. Branson plays his best game of the season with touchdowns through the ground and air. And Damian Martinez proved to be too much for the Arizona State defense. Damian Martinez, 22 carries, 138 yards, two touchdowns, 6.3 yards per carry average as a team. The Beavers ran the ball 42 times for 222 yards and three touchdowns. Bengal Branson went 15-21, 188 yards and one touchdown himself. Did have nine carries for 36 yards and a touchdown. Jack Veiling, a nice game receiving for the Beavers. Three receptions, 74 yards and a touchdown. Silas Bolden, my guy, five receptions, 55 yard, 54 yards, I should say. Two sacks for the Arizona State defense, one by Merlin Robertson, one by Omar Norman Lott. Only one sack for the Beavers. That comes from Easton Mascarenes Arnold. It was all Beavers in this one, as I said. They are making a case for themselves to make a prestigious bowl as we head down the stretch. Real quick before we get out of here, we'll talk about these rankings. College football playoff rankings come out tonight, but we can expect to see USC at number five. They are both at five in the AP poll and the coaches poll. They jump ahead of LSU. Alabama still down there at 8. Tennessee taking a stumble after that loss. So USC in position. If they are able to win this Pac-12 title game and get themselves in the playoff if TCU stumbles, looks like Oregon will be the team to meet them. The, the Ducks have a big game, though, against the Beavers in that Civil War rivalry. We have the Apple Cup between the Huskies and the Cougars. We have USC playing Notre Dame. That's another big game there. So tons of Pac-12 action this weekend. We'll see if the Ducks can cap off their season and make a trip to the title game. 
If not, it appears that Washington State is waiting in the wings to take their spot in the Apple Cup. It'll be an exciting weekend, guys. We'll have you covered throughout the week. Even with the holiday, I'm going to be headed back home on Wednesday tomorrow, which is why we're doing the live show today. So you'll have two podcasts out before Thanksgiving. I won't be back in Denver until Friday. So we're going to save the final podcast of the week for after the Utah game. We will recap that game and we will put a bow on this football season. Maybe we will have some coaching news by then. We will see. Buffs basketball plays on Sunday against Yale. Expect an article out after that one. We will talk about that game next Monday. But that's going to do it today. Guys, I'm going to head out to Buffs practice, listen to some press conferences, talk to some players. You'll be able to hear about all that at thednbr.com. Again, all the articles are free. Make sure you check those out. Until later on today with RK, Scobuffs.